What's up, guys? It's Trevor Kirkpatrick alongside Corey Edge, as always, to bring you another episode of Stock Talk. Today, we're going to have Mr. Todd Caldwell join us with another episode. He, Who's that? Yeah, who is that guy? Uh, you know, if uh, again, if you if you've been outside of your rock, you know that him and his family have won every major cattle show except Denver. He shares with us. Yes. So uh, he. Uh, absolutely goes off on a few of our topics, which was love freaking amazing. It was this is incredible. What we want from the people. This is what we want yes. from the people. Yeah. So open up your mind. You got a flat platform to speak your brain. So, and he absolutely did that. If you guys haven't heard the uh, sound bit that we sent out there. Uh, yeah. So we're, you're going to hear a lot more from that, but before we get any further, as always, you're going to miss out if you're not connected with our buddies at Walton Webcasting, the source for everything educational, informational, and recreational. Recreational. That's <laughs> right. I was looking for the, the next word. but I got your uh, back, homie. Yeah, thanks, bud. So the, those guys not only uh, bring you livestock like you've never seen it before, live feed if you can't make it to the show, they are there to help you out. But also, if you're a livestock enthusiast hungry for more information, they are there to bring you that information in unique, different ways. So make sure you're on the waltonwebcasting.com, uh, see what they've got offering, and also stockcenter.tv now uh, has a bunch of all, of other different videos and in- instruments to use. So those guys are incredible, and we couldn't do this deal without them. Dude, guess what we get to do this week? What's that? We get to go to Walton, Indiana. I know. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Exciting things coming, uh, listeners. Trevor and I are headed to Walton, Indiana Thursday, right? Thursday? Yep. So yes, tomorrow Thursday. we're heading to Walton, and we will be live doing some recording, doing some commercial shoots, doing just all kinds of fun stuff. So uh, stay tuned for that because we're super pumped about it. Yeah, uh, well, we get to hang out with Greg all day. Who wouldn't want to do that? That's right. That's right. I've heard good things. We haven't actually met Greg <laughs> yeah. yet, but I've heard good things. Yes. So, so speaking of of cool and exciting news, Trev, uh, real pumped. We kind of wrapped up some things uh, last week. We we talked with our buddy Nathan Day there at Sunglow, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna host you and I uh, at the Sunglow booth um, on on Monday night of the exposition. We're gonna host. Their industry insight from industry influencers panel discussion, and it's going to be incredible, just awesome. So, for anybody that doesn't know, uh, if you go to the uh, World Pork Expo, which is the exposition this year, as everybody knows, in Des Moines, um, on Monday, which I believe is June 2nd, if if you go, or is it the third? I don't remember. I actually think it's the fourth. Oh, my. Well, anyways, be there the Monday. Uh, that's the third you're right okay show up monday june 3rd at 5 30 those guys are going to have a shrimp boil and let me tell you from years past that shrimp boil is something to be admired it is incredible oh takes me back to the days judging at houston i mean just awesome so 5 30 and then we're going to start our discussion at six so be come prepared with your questions. Come prepared to learn. Um, the folks that are going to be there are incredible. We don't have an exact speaker lineup uh, yet, but I do know that there's going to be 
um, some influential breeders, nutritionists, uh, probably a vet on there. Um, you know, some folks with, from Cargill, it just, you know, really going to be an awesome event. And we hope that you guys show up because we're going to have a lot of fun. And then on Tuesday, Trevor, what do we got? Yeah. The, the next day, it's a one-two punch. Not only are we doing the industry insight with the industry influencers for SunGlow, but they're courteous enough to let us use their SunGlow stage at the SunGlow booth. And on Tuesday at 1230, which is June 4th at the Exposition in Des Moines, Iowa, we are going to do a live episode. So what that means for you guys who listen on here, we're going to have a live episode with a live audience that are going to do live social smashes, live topic from a hat, just as if we were to sit behind our computer as we do right now. Uh, on June 4th, when we do that live episode, we're going to do it as if we do it every other time. However, it's going to be live on a stage with people in front of us. And then we'll be able to get that audio and put it on here. However you guys listen, whatever platform you use, that way you guys can, if you were present, at the exposition, you guys can listen to that episode, and those who couldn't make it can still be caught up on what we talked about and who we interviewed and what questions from the audience were inputted. So um, not only do you guys get to listen to some incredible uh, content we're going to have at the Sun Globe booth there on Monday at 6 p.m., but the next day at 1230, we're going to do the exact same thing in our own platform and do a live episode. Might we add, at both Monday and Tuesday events, we will be giving away merchandise. And so you're good. And yes. you've got to be there to participate, to win. We're going to have maybe some hats, might have some t-shirts, might have some koozies, might have some stickers. You never know what we'll pull out of our bag of tricks, but we're going to have some cool stuff. Sunglow is going to be giving stuff away. Walton, I believe, might even be giving stuff away. So it's just going to be – we're super pumped that all three of us got to come together for this and and work together and create an awesome event and, and cool experience for other people. You know, And on Tuesday, if you're going – there's no excuse not to be there. I mean, 1230, you're eating your lunch or you're going to Diamond Jacks to get a refill. Like, why not? Yeah, you're right there anyway. Might as well stop by and shoot the shit with us and just talk about whatever we need to talk That's about, right. you know? Love it. So, I mean, you got to love the free food. So while you're doing that, while you're chowing down, listen to our uh, conversation and be a part of it. Heck, yeah. And also at the exposition, Trevor and I will be uh, on the mic with Walton, uh, calling calling the shots at some of the shows. And not really calling the shots. We'll be behind the scenes. uh, (laughs) We're talking about those who call the shots. That's right. That's right. (laughs) So you're going to get some color commentation from Trevor and I uh, on Guilt Show Day. And on the CPS rings and uh, on the the Grand Drive for the Bear Show, which is yeah, really exciting. It's going to be a pack full week, man. We're going to have that booth set up there for those who want to buy merchandise. They'll be set up uh, there at the booth in the cattle barn at the the Des Moines, Iowa, the State Fairgrounds. And uh, heck, if you guys are listening and you think you know somebody or you yourself are an influencer uh, in the livestock industry, uh, we are going to have our our equipment there with a. Uh, hopefully some type of a mobile studio, mobile studio to be able to do some recording. So hit us up. You'll, you'll know who we are um, and get you a t-shirt and a hat and some, and some merch. It's going to be hot off the press and 
that's I think it's going to be pretty popular. At least I hope so. Heck yeah! Speaking of influencers, you know how like uh, social media has all these influencers. Like like uh, there's like kids and and actors and actresses and just like Instagram models or whatever. That are, yes. Like, oh yes. They just call them social media influencers. Uh, we'll, yeah. We will take any of those. Uh, we probably don't have anything to pay you, but we can give you some free stuff if you want to uh, ride for the brand. We will gladly accept your um, promotion, however that may come. Yeah. yeah, those are the ones with like the blue check mark, right? I mean, that's right. Yeah, they're yeah. popular. They're, they're yeah. verified. Yeah. Oh, sounds fancy. It is fancy. Super pumped yeah. about this conversation we got here with Todd. Uh, one of the like you said, Trev, premier guys in the industry. Uh, his family's won in every single ring, um, except goats. I don't know if we'll see that, but they won <laughs> everything else. <laughs> yeah, well, who knows? They they may uh, they may dabble. Who knows? Yeah, but they got uh, some you time. know, Todd's a guy that if you uh, you open up a can of worms that he wants to talk about, he is not going to pull back any reins, and he lets it fly, which we appreciate totally. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a guy that a lot of people. Uh, try to beat and he tries to beat other people and that is the competitive aspect that i love about this livestock industry so but not only that he kind of shares how what it takes to be that successful in every species and the hard work that goes behind it and his family and what they do so uh i I thought it was a very good relaxed conversation but yet it had some uh some meat and potatoes to it if you will so um but i think uh, those who tune in today are in for a treat Mm -hmm. let them have it All right, guys. Well, we won't keep you from it. Here is Mr. Todd Caldwell. All right. Well, today we have Todd Caldwell with us on the microphone. We appreciate you uh, so much for jumping on and taking another uh, time out of of your busy schedule. I know it's the the peak of the busy season kind of for everybody. But, uh, hey, before we get too deep in the the big topics we're going to be talking about, if you wouldn't mind, Todd, just kind of explaining – who you are and your operations and kind of the new things you've been bringing up here recently. Well, I'm Todd Caldwell. I currently live uh, in Elmwood, Illinois. actually grew up in uh, straight north of Indianapolis, a small town uh, Frankfurt address, but probably lived closer to Michigan town than I did Frankfurt. Uh, you know, we showed, my sister and I, Tammy, showed, uh, showed cattle our whole life. Uh, we dabbled with the pigs, but back then it was totally different than it is now. Mm. You can, Oh, yeah. You put them in a mud lot on a self feeder, and you gave them a bath about uh, a day before you went, and that's that. That's <laughs> Just how enough the to knock the dust off. Yeah, <laughs> that's how the pig thing went for us. Uh, then uh, I went to Purdue University, got a degree in ag ed, uh, taught high school ag at uh, the, actually the high school where I grew up, Clinton Central High School in Michigan Town, Indiana. I did that for a year. Uh, you know, I enjoyed it. Always just the, the show cattle thing just always intrigued me. Um, it's one of those things I always wanted to do, just maybe didn't have, for lack of better words, the balls to just go do it. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll never forget, I worked for Wayne and Jeff Miller quite a bit. Uh, they didn't live but about 12 miles from us. And we were sitting eating lunch one day, and uh, at that time I was at Purdue. And, uh, you know, they were quizzing me about what I want to do. And I said, well, I'm going to try teaching, but really I'd like to like to sell show cattle. And uh, I'll never forget Jeff's dad, Wayne. And he was always very matter of fact. 
Um, he's like, ah, that's not going to work. You don't need to do that. You know, <laughs> I'll never forget that. And, and it didn't, it didn't piss me off. It probably drove me just a little bit. And then, uh, you know, later on, he's like, well, you made me look, you made me look stupid. And I said, well, <laughs> It sure could have went the other way as well. But uh, but like I said, went to Purdue University, uh, taught at Clinton Central for a year. And then about that time, uh, Jeff Adams, which Jeff used to be, uh, you know, one of the premier uh, livestock traders uh, in the United States at the time, uh, needed somebody to come and help. So I moved to Bloomington, Illinois um, and went to work for Jeff. then eventually got married, uh, moved here to Elmwood, and started doing this on my own. There's something about those Illinois girls that drive us guys from Indiana uh, <laughs> to this state for some god <laughs> awful reason. Absolutely. And, <laughs> hey, so speaking of Clinton Central, so uh, were you there before Carr got there or after? Before, before. before. That's what I figured. Uh, okay. I would have been there like the like my ag teacher from uh, junior high on, or uh, livestock judging coach from junior high on would have been Rex Smith. Okay, okay. Right. Learned uh, learned a lot from Rex. Uh, he he's a good guy, and he uh, you know taught us a lot about judging livestock, and and honestly taught me a lot uh, about the 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 pig and the sheep part of it. Uh, um, I guess I thought I knew on the cattle, but really I probably didn't, but I thought <laughs> I did. Uh, but, but, you know, we were very, 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 very successful in livestock judging there and, uh, had a great program. And so it was fun to go back there for a year. And like I said, not that I didn't enjoy teaching, uh, but I just, my heart always lied in. I enjoy kids and I enjoy cattle. So I, I feel like I've been blessed to be able to do what I do. You know, I'm around kids and, and, and around cattle. So it's been a pretty good deal for me. Yeah. So, so how did, how did the whole, uh, you know, you, you said you kind of moved over to Illinois, but then is that when you really started buying and selling a lot of cattle or, or kind of how did, how did the whole Caldwell show cattle thing get its start? Yes. Uh, moved over to Illinois. Um, the, <laughs> Uh, the first year I decided to go out west, I, I basically, and I don't know why, well, I do know. Um, at the time, Jeff Adams was buying a lot of cattle from Wyoming. Uh, Jim Panel, uh, there was a Wilson. Uh, he was buying some real good shorthorns from Barkhurst Ranch in Saratoga, Wyoming. So I got to know those people through Jeff. So that first year, I went to Wyoming and bought those cattle. Um, and I think I traded 12 or 15 that first year and pretty well did it all myself. Um, at the time, uh, Eric Bedino w- was a young kid that I had helped uh, when I was at Jeff's and he was real invested, you know, loved the show cattle. So luckily his folks would bring him over on the weekends to kind of help. And, uh, oh, Sean Peeper, another good friend of mine who ended up, being dang near a, a lifelong Sullivan employee. I think he works for, for Cargill now, but he was working at a, uh, oh, like a fertilizer plant. And he would also come on the weekends, but for the most part, did it all by myself, uh, washed and blew them in a, in a big old work and shoot under a tree, uh, <laughs> in the mud. Uh, so yeah, it's a, uh, it's, I've come a long way. Uh, but I think one thing I have learned through all that, I'm not sure bigger is always better. Cause I think maybe I made more money that first year, uh, than I ever, <laughs> uh, but no, uh, it's, it's, it's been a fun ride. It really, really has met a lot of, a lot of good people, uh, along the way. 
Yeah. So speaking of some of those people, uh, to at, when you got started, I guess who are the people you looked up to when you were starting in the industry and kind of modeled yourself after and kind of made you who you are today? Oh man, uh, this list could get pretty long to be honest. <laughs> with. Uh, the first one's probably uh, my grandfather on my dad's side, uh, Dick Caldwell, and you know the funny part about him was. He was a livestock trader, but never show stock. Um, made a living buying and selling anything, horses, goats, cattle, pigs. I'll never forget one time he even uh, backed up the old, he had a bumper pole trailer, backed up, opened the door, and that thing was full of peacocks. No, God. <laughs> he was the dangest thing I've ever seen. He picked out the two prettiest ones and kept them and sold the rest of them. I have no idea who the hell he sold the rest of them. <laughs> So he was just one of those guys that he was fun to watch. One of those, one of those gentlemen that could go out uh, into a pen and, and probably, you know, give you weights on a set of 15 fat steers and be within 15 or 20 pound ahead on them. I'm just wow. very, very sharp livestock man. Um, and, and he was always integral, integral part of, of us showing, but, uh, he was just more of a livestock person. So, so he'd be the one that my whole life, you know, kind of watched what he did, uh, you know, and then as kids showing up, uh, we had some success, my sister and I, I think we won, you know, four or five, six breed champions at the Indiana state fair was never fortunate enough to get grand reserve. We, we tried our butts off, just never could do it. But I know, you know, when we were kids watching them, you know, watching other families, you know, we had the, of course, the Wilcox family, the Ricky family, Fitzpatrick family, you know, those were three families that were just dominant, you know, like the Ricky family, uh, you know, God, they showed pigs, sheep and cattle and mm-hmm. they always had something in the hunt. Uh, I don't think they ever won all three, but I think they were close, came closer than anybody ever has in the state of Indiana. And then very, very blessed to, you know, watch the Wilcox family grow up and then, you know, very blessed to be able to sell the Wilcox family. Uh, John, John's kids, uh, Katie and Cole, uh, their calves, uh, you know, when they started showing and I think he wins Indiana state fair five times in Kansas. Yep. Wow. <laughs> you know, that, that, that was pretty awesome too. And I guess I'm really, uh, I'm, I'm, dating myself here but uh, you know and not just the wilcox family but there's several of those families that i used to sell steers to now i'm selling steers to their kids <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Feel, that makes me feel old but like i said the wilcox deal was that was one of those deals was always real special just because you know i knew him my whole life uh never was fortunate enough to really beat them as a kid uh so for me to be able to help them uh you know help them, you know, reach a level of success that they did was, was, uh, pretty awesome. Uh, you know, a few others, uh, once, you know, that would have been through my sister and I showing, um, then once I got started in the trading, you know, of course, Jeff Adams, and there were a group of guys that were buying and selling and very successful Rod Dreyer, Brian and Alan Collins, uh, the Clem family, Nolan Flesner, um, you know, Jeff Miller from Logan sport, Jeff Miller from Indiana, uh, you know, probably the big one that I that I always had an eye on was Bob May, um, an, an absolute icon in the industry. And I'll never forget, and I sure don't mean this in a mean way, 
But man, I wanted to beat that guy. Because I didn't like him, but but in my in in my heart, I thought, man, if I could ever beat this guy, I've I've accomplished something. Right, and right. One time out of two hundred, I'd beat him, and I'd have my head up high. And yeah, <laughs> ninety nine times, I'd go home with my tail between my legs. But well, Bob has just been an absolute icon, you know. For years and years and years, and and he still is to this day today. I mean, uh, you know, I know his kids are about at the end of their show careers or whatever, uh, but I know Bob's going to sure stay involved. And so he was one that that I watched, and and it was really it was neat to watch him because about the time, let me see, his oldest daughter Jacqueline started showing, and she showed a couple of really really good ones, and. You know, at that time, there was a lot of scuttlebutt about, well, you know, how's he going to do that? Um, he can't keep a good one and then sell everybody others and this, that, and the other. And, you know, I remember talking to Bob about it one day and he said, hey, bottom line is if this is something she wants to do, uh, we're sure going to do it. And and I guess that kind of made it easier for me. My oldest daughter, Madison, uh, really enjoyed the pigs, had zero interest in the cattle, which was fine. Uh, then Olivia came along and... Uh, all she wanted to do was show a calf, and I just finally made up my mind, you know what? If she wants to do it, we're going to do it. Um, not necessarily keep the best ones, but I'm going to keep something that I like, and that's that's basically what we did. I mean, uh, you know, everybody said, well, you keep the best ones, and she wins, and, and everybody else gets the leftovers, and that's just so wrong. I mean, yeah, we showed uh, steers at the Illinois State Fair three years uh, before she ever got lucky and won it. And I think two of the three years that, that she got beat, uh, we won the show with other cattle we had sold. So, yeah. you know, that, that has been an issue that has been very, very tough. And, and I do try to see both sides of it, um, you know, uh, but I also like to think that, you know, that, that, that we'll take as good or better care of them than anybody. And, and maybe I don't need to, to start out with the absolute best one to have some success in the end. But, uh, but like I said, they, you know, Mentioning Bob, that's one one guy that I've always looked up to and how he kind of went about his business and mixing business with his kids showing. And I thought he always did an absolutely awesome job of trying to keep that balance. And and I kind of tried to do the same thing. Yeah, I was going to say, I would think once somebody tries to, uh, you know, if they, they ever do get in that, you know, I guess for lack of better terms, pissing match of, you know, well, you know, Todd's keeping this one and this one for his kids to show and he's selling their ass, but you know, how are we going to beat those things? And I just, you know, kind of comes down to management and feeding the ones you like anyway. So figured at that point, you know, I, I guess it wouldn't matter, but I could see how people would get a little upset by some of that maybe, but. Oh, I do too. I, I totally do. I, I totally do understand that. I, I get it. And it's just one of those deals where, you know, this, this showing cattle was all I ever wanted to do as a kid. And I just made up my mind, if that's all she wants to do, then as a dad, that's what I need to do is, is let her do that. And if it affects my business, then so be it. Uh, you know, they're always looking for somebody to pass out carts at a Walmart. So <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, so so I, we were actually talking with Nathan Day uh, today, and he wanted me uh, to ask you, who was the influencer for the mullet circa 1993? Uh, you know, I, I, I think I was kind of the, the ring leader there. Hey, <laughs> there you go. I think I was kind of the ring leader there. Uh, 
Actually, it was, I think it was just a little bit of a rebellious stage for me. I'd always played basketball in high school, and that senior year I decided not to. So I, I guess I thought, what the hell, let's grow our hair long. I love it. I love it. Uh, there you oh, go, Nathan. Awesome. <laughs> uh, only so, ask that question. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> so so the the I love the old stories like if we ever get the chance to talk to people you know I, I was like hearing you know how they started who they who their influencers were because you know it kind of kind of gets to a point where you know you become you know that kind of influencer on somebody else and so to hear kind of how somebody started is real neat and uh for me and, and then you know Trevor and I we're always interested in the next new thing and and you know what's what's going to be the next trend or the the coolest thing coming up and uh when you guys launched that show cattle connection deal uh I was like oh dang this is going to be pretty cool I mean just the way everything kind of fell together and and as close as Trevor and I are to Kevin went uh we kind of got to hear some of the story on how things started and everything but um if you wouldn't mind you know with all the other platforms to sell on sell show cattle on, uh, you know, what kind of made you want to make that jump to, to launch your own? You know, and the first thing I'll tell you is heck all these company offer some good things. Uh, the, the online deal, uh, to me has just made it, it, it gets unknown people with good animals, the exposure that they deserve. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I think that's very important. And I think all those companies can, can get out there and do that. Um, I think where we probably set ourselves apart, in my opinion, uh, you know, the innovative platform, uh, our program, I think is absolutely second to none. Um, just some of the different features on there, uh, you know, of course the auto refresh is, is important, uh, which most of them have got that now, but that was a big, uh, that was a big leap in the online deal. You know, uh, I'll never forget when we first did that auto refresh. Uh, you know, you're so used to running a sale and you're sitting there and you just keep clicking, clicking. Yeah. And you don't have to do that anymore. It's like, okay, what do I do with my hands now? <laughs> yeah, right. so that, that That's very important. And I think with our program, uh, I think we're getting more involvement from the sellers. Uh, I think a lot of people like to feel like they're more in control. And I think with this new platform, they are more in control. Uh, they can get on there and load their own sale if they choose to. Uh, the night of the sale, they're online. They're able to see who's buying their stuff. And I think that's very important, uh, you know, that those people are, are you know, can, can know those kind of things. Um, you know, bottom line is they're, they're, they're cattle. They have every right in the world to know where they're going. And mm-hmm. some people argue with that. But, I mean, if you have a, a, a an auction, um you know, as the seller, you're setting up on the auction block watching who's bidding. So at that point, you know, who's trying to buy your cattle. Um, so I, I do yeah. think that's a pretty cool, you know, deal that we're offering. I think the big thing where I guess two things, one, we're concentrating on selling cattle. Uh, you know, we've got, we've, we've hired cattle people as reps uh, to represent and help cattle people sell their cattle. We're not trying to sell sheep, goats, pigs, land. Uh, you know, we are concentrating on cattle. And I think the big thing is, is our group of reps. Uh, I think they're absolutely awesome. And I think if you've seen a list of them, I've tried to get some variation, not just on where they're located, but, but age as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
got a younger group of those those kids that I think I'm going to call them kids. Hell, they're not kids anymore, but but men and a women, young men and young women that I'm hoping will reach out to a different set of buyers and sellers than what say you know Tim Burke and I can reach, or you know. So so I think that's very very important. But I mean. Our reps are people that live and breathe this business 365 days a year, and I think that's really, really important. Yeah, and we even heard from uh, Charlie Wilson there a couple episodes ago, and uh, you can tell that from just the way he talks about cattle and and just the livestock industry in general. And uh, you know, uh, uh, like you just said, a, a young man of you know our age really that has a heck of a lot of success at a at a at you know no longer than he's been doing it professionally. So. Uh, but yeah, that just speaks the volumes of the quality that is on your team there. But, uh, no, that's, that's when I first saw it there on Facebook, I thought, oh my, this is going to be a, another really good outlet for some of those people. So, uh, you know, we're looking forward to see that, that puppy grow as well. But, uh, uh I think we're excited and I think we're, you know, teaming up with the Wint group, uh, I think is, you know, the smartest thing I could have done. I mean, my gosh, you, you never hear anybody complain about pig sales or the way that their sale was handled or managed or the way their money was managed. And, you know, that's very, very important, these people selling them. So I think that's, you know, that's going to be a real positive for us as well. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess to jump to the the next topic kind of we had on the list there and um, we we always get into a segment uh, called social smash and what social smash is uh, is a way for us to express our pet peeves and we did social smash because most of them are on social media and things that uh, drive us nuts on the social media platform or for you know for our sake it can be anything in the industry that maybe uh, drive you nuts in the social media or the uh, industry itself but we got a uh, pretty funny uh, opening theme song for this certain segment that I'll play for you really dumb you're so stupid and dumb do you even have a brain in your stupid head i don't think that you do (laughs) so that's kind of what we think about when uh, somebody uh does something repeatedly even though they told them hey we ought to try to do something different (laughs) so uh i guess the question yeah, the song we or the question we got for you, Todd, is: Is there a big pet peeve that kind of comes to to your head, or maybe a couple? There again, I could make you a pretty long list. Of <laughs> uh, one of my biggest pet peeves, and the guys around here, anybody that's worked here over the years, is the calf that beats its tail. Uh, <laughs> that's a that's a pet peeve. Uh, a, a wet, dirty calf is a huge pet peeve. Uh, you know, we try to. We have a lot of kids, hey, you know, I want to learn how to clip. Well, first of all, you better learn how to get one clean and dry because if you put a calf in a chute that's not clean and not dry, uh, it doesn't matter. Brandon Jones, Tracy Gretzky, whoever, they're not going to make that calf look the way it needs to look. And so that's one thing that we do try to do. And and I can be, I'm sure some of them kids that have grown up here will tell you I'm an asshole about it. But uh they need to realize how important that is. So a dirty, a dirty wet calf uh, is definitely a pet peeve. Um, people complaining about winters, and I know you and I talked about it earlier before we went live or whatever. Uh, you know the complaining about people winning. Uh, 
the fake people, uh, the adults that want to hide behind computers. Yes, those are uh, those are some of my pet peeves anyway. Oh, I I totally agree. Yeah, Corey, we were talking before you got on that, uh, you know, there's so many, you know, everybody hates a winner, it seems. And, you know, as successful as uh, Todd and his family has been, there's always somebody kind of uh, chasing. I told him, you know, in my personal experiences, my sister and I were pretty successful at our county fair. And, uh, you know, we did state fair winning too. But, uh, you know, there's been stories. I, I always say we, I should have kept a blue book of, of the shit people say about us, <laughs> like, <laughs> right. because it, it's actually more comical that they make up things that we wouldn't even dream of doing. So, uh, but that was, that was what he was alluding to, but, uh, gosh, it, it can get pretty annoying for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, we'll get that. We'll get to that a little bit too. Yeah, with, uh, we all that, so. So I guess uh, we kind of covered some of this, um, you know, with, with some of the people you've you've looked up to and um, folks that, you know, you tried to model yourself after and, and things like that. So um, but, you know, once you once you do that and you kind of get to a level to where, uh, you know, people are kind of looking at you and, and you guys have been, uh, you know, one of the most dominant show families in the country. And and, you know, you guys have shown all species. Hell, I, I so uh Todd, you may not know this, but um, Jared Ernthaler uh, is my wife's first cousin. And so uh, I grew up, you know, or have been around those guys for a while now. And um, <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, oh, Ernie's kind of taken a liking to the sheep, I think. And when uh, Olivia had that one uh, there at State Fair that was that had done pretty well, uh, um, <laughs> I saw a uh, Jared tried to take a little bit of credit for that, and I had to uh, tone him down. I said, "Hey, your wife there, she's uh, she's the sheep jock, so you might need to uh, might need to give her some credit too." But anyways, um, you know, being able to be that successful in, in all species at that level, um, you know, how, how do you how do you work on managing um, you know the time and, and just the effort that it takes to get you know you know show pigs show cattle uh, sheep now I guess too I don't know if you guys are going to attack that beast again or not but uh, you know w- what's your uh, thoughts there? Well, I mean it's not easy, um, but I think if you'd ask my kids, you know I've always told them if we're going to do this, we're going to bust our tails and do it at the highest level we possibly can and. Uh, I don't want to sound like an overzealous 4-H dad because I know all of us think that our kids work harder than other kids. And, <laughs> you know, and I get that. And I am proud of my kids for what, you know, the effort that they do put in on a daily basis. Uh, I mean, it's just crazy to, to watch them go at it and do it. And I'll tell you the other thing that I've tried to do. Uh, and honestly, I cannot remember who told me this one time, but I was told by an older guy that, you can have success at something that you know very little about as long as you surround yourself with the right people. Oh, and absolutely. I, when you look at the pig and the sheep part of this, I think, uh, I think I've done that or at least tried to anyway, you know, that when we first started showing pigs, uh, you know, got hooked up with Travis Platt and, uh, you know, smartest thing we ever could have done. Um, and I, Hey, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that every pig that Travis has ever sent here has been a champion because as <laughs> Travis, I think he was intelligent enough to know when we started that, that we were going to bust our butts at it and mm-hmm. give those pigs every opportunity. And, you know, gosh, you know, you look back at the success that we've had, um, 
you know, it's just I, I've got to attribute a lot of that to Travis and the quality of livestock that he was sending. And then when we decided to get hooked up into the sheep thing, uh, of course, you, you know, you mentioned Jared and Sarah, you know, Jared clips for Brandon and I quite a bit. So I've known Jared forever and knew Sarah had just a world of success at the Illinois State Fair growing up as a kid. You know, I think she won the weather show there three, four, five, six times. Hell, I don't even know a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there's another point where uh, I, I think, you know, tried to surround myself with, you know, with the right people. Um, you know, and, and honestly, that's probably even went into me selling steers. Uh, you know, I need to sell every calf that I can. But I'll tell you what, it's awesome when one of those things goes on a trailer to a home that, you know, is going to take awesome care of them, you know? Right. Um, so that, you know, that I think all that kind of works hand in hand. So like I said, I guess I'm going to attribute our success to hard work and, and surrounding ourselves with the right people that, that can help us, you know, have success at something that I know very little about. Yeah. So I guess the, to piggyback off of that, that one of the questions that I had was, you know, do you as a family do a mock draft of who gets what or is there like, you know, this kid likes this species or, you know, we already talked about live liking the cattle and uh, Maddie liking the, the hogs. And but how do you guys manage who gets what and, and or do they just like different species? No, it's uh, the pig thing probably becomes the most challenging because all three kids like it. Mm-hmm. It was Madison. Madison loved it. So we, of course, always tried to, you know, she kind of got the better guilts or whatever, um, you know, but and I'm sure there are other families that can tell you just because you try don't always mean it works. I, the first year we won the summer spectacular in Louisville, we had a set of big December uh, Yorkshire guilts and those things had won a lot of stuff. Uh, so we put the big Decembers in Madison's name and, uh, little old January Yorkshire guilt and lucky ass Olivia's name. (laughs) If, if Olivia didn't end up winning the show with a January. Uh, So, uh, but it's one of those deals where, you know, Olivia, the the year Madison won the world pork expo with the Heimer Hampshire guilt. uh, I guess to, to backtrack just a little bit, Maddie always liked the Durocs and the Yorkshire's. For some reason, Libby started out with the CPS. Then when Cole came along, he kind of took over the CPS. Libby kind of got to liking the Hampshires. So the year we had the Heimer Hampshire guilt, uh, we were out walking, and I'm looking at him thinking, holy shit, uh, Libby is going to get lucky again. (laughs) (laughs) I'll never forget Libby come up, and she asked me, is my guilt really, really good? And I said, I think she is. She said, well, Madison's about done. And of course, you know, all those guilts were registered in all three kids' names. And uh, so she said, honestly, I-, I want Maddie to show her, you know, and so that, that, that's that cool. meant a lot to that's us, way cool. family that, that Olivia was willing to, to give something up. I mean, she had brokered a drive. I mean, she had, you know, we'd only showed her one other time, I think maybe at that first show, show over in Indiana when it was in Richmond, I believe, if I, I think. Yep. Um, so like I said, that, that was, that was pretty cool on Liv's part to, to be able to give that up and, uh, and, and let Madison go ahead and, and have that win. So that, that was pretty good on her part. So all the days that I think I'm, my wife and I think we're not doing a very good job of parenting. Maybe that proved that we've not screwed everything. <laughs> <laughs> so have you guys won every major cattle show? 
Livy's won every, she's won State Fair, Kansas City, and Louisville. Uh, the only one she has not won is Denver. Um, so we're sure going to hit that hard in the next two years and, and hope and pray she has a lot, a lot of luck. <laughs> well, <laughs> sounds like so far, luck is on her side. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Luck can get you somewhere, but, uh, like you said, these, you know, it's, there's no, no secret that, you know, your kids work hard and, you know, hard work is what it takes. And, uh, yeah, another story you told me before we got on was, uh, you know, you've walked pigs with, um, they have the kids walk pigs with umbrellas before. So, you know, that's what it takes. Yep. Yeah. And then, like I said, we're getting ready for that world pork expo. I think that particular year, I think we were walking 21 or 22 of them. Wow. Um, so yeah, it was an all day, all day event trying to get them all walked. <laughs> oh, I can only imagine. You can't even stop for lunch at that point. No. <laughs> uh, so, so we'll jump into another segment, uh, called topics from a hat and I'll let Trev go ahead and jump into that theme song. So our good buddy, Cole Wetzel supplies the uh, theme song for topics from a hat. And it's brought to you by Fierce Threads. The only hat that Trevor and I use here as Doc Talk is from Fierce Threads. Uh, Fierce Threads is your number one source for high quality screen printing and embroidery. Put your business success at the forefront and upgrade from those terrible $2 hats that you bought at some local person and then go to Fierce Threads to upgrade all that good stuff. So uh, thankful for our folks at Fierce Threads. So uh, so Todd, uh, we actually had uh, a guy from Indiana send us in a topic and we kind of hit on it a little earlier. Um, I don't know how much we can expand on it. Um, you know, they kind of asked Trevor and I, uh, but Chad from Indiana sends in a topic. Uh, he said our families had a lot of success uh, and it seems that we get accused of things that we don't do just because we win. Have you guys experienced this same thing and how do you handle those situations? Uh so, yeah, I mean, I feel like anybody that's one can relate to that, uh, you know, in some shape or form. Um, you know, we, we've been fortunate to do okay at a few different uh, levels of competition, but it just seems to me uh, it's kind of all rooted by jealousy. Um, and, you know, in my opinion, I wouldn't, you know, the opinions of others shouldn't matter to you, uh, you know, if I'm going to take a stab at this. Uh, I don't, I don't know what else to say other than just, you know, keep on trying to win, uh, you know, maybe encourage those people. Hey, if you're mad because you didn't beat us, why don't you try, uh, you know, why don't you try next time instead of accusing us, maybe work a little harder, uh, go, go buy better livestock, get some different people in your corner that can help you, uh, achieve success. So I guess that's what I got to say about that. Yeah. And to chime in on that, to tell, to tell Chad, that's been listening to us, uh, you know, let that be your motivation a little bit um, just because they they accuse you and you know it's false. Just kind of shrug it off and keep going. I mean, like you said, everybody who has success uh, is going to have that. And, uh, you know, yeah, if, they're, you if they're talking about you, then you must be doing something right. Yeah, just keep on beating their ass anyway. Yeah, this is the topic I could probably go on a really wild rant about. I'll try to keep myself reined in just a little bit. Um, I'm going to throw a few daggers out there. Um, I'll never forget the first year that we showed pigs competitively. Uh, we went to the, we went to the first few shows. No, that's not true. The first year we had a couple of Yorkshire gilts, never really won anything. Boy, everybody was super friendly. And we're thinking, <laughs> man, 
thing is way better than a cattle thing. We go to a cattle show, everybody wants to kill everybody, and it's a disaster. This pig thing's pretty awesome. Well, the next year, uh, Platt loads us up, and we go up to Joliet to the first pig show, and I think we win five breeds and have four of the top five yields in both breeds. <laughs> and uh, on the way home, I'll never forget, Kim's like, boy, uh, you know, people aren't near as friendly this year. Did, did we do something wrong? I said, no. That's the way that it's you're going to get treated when you have success. She's like, well, I don't like that. And I said, well, call Travis and tell him to take these back and send us a, a shitty set of hogs. Fourth, fifth, and sixth place ribbons, and then we'll be very popular again. So I said, you make the choice uh, as to what you want to do and how you want to pursue this. And, you know, and, and that might be a little bit harsh, but it's kind of the truth, though. Um, I mean, we have heard so much shit and it's one of those deals there, I don't know, a year or so ago, uh, there was a really, really shitty email that got sent out, uh, saying some really bad, negative, untrue things about our family. Um, and I'm going to tell you, it was written by a guy by the name of Jason Sheets from Fort Madison, Iowa. Uh, that email was sent to all the breed associations, both cattle and pigs. Uh, It was sent to every uh, head of show at all the majors, Kansas City, Louisville, Exarban, you know, everywhere. Um, And I'll tell you what, it, uh, my problem is if you want me, come get me, leave my kids alone. And I think, you know, I said one of my pet peeves was, was adults hiding behind a computer and I think that sometimes people need to take a step back and realize that the shit that they're saying, and usually 99.9% of it untrue, I've been through enough shit in my life. You're not going to phase me. You're really not. Right. Uh, whether you like or don't like me, don't care. But, I mean, it's hard for these young kids to go through and listen to some of that stuff. You know, I mean, at the time, you know, Libby would have been 14 and Cole 11. And to, to see some of that stuff that was in that email, I'm like, really? Yeah. You know, flat, you know, being pretty hard on some kids that never did do a thing uh, to Mr. Sheets. Right. Um, So yes, we've been through it all. Uh, I mean, we've cut legs off pigs and sewed them back on. (laughs) <laughs> We've cut hey, out of do that. state fair with. We cut the chest out of our good Hereford heifer a couple of years ago. You know, we've tattooed the. I mean, just just one thing after another. That's just if he would have sat down and thought about how absolutely flipping asinine the things that he was saying was, he'd have to feel like a dumb dumb. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's enough about him and enough about that. But but it is it is tough and it's tough for Kim and I to hear. But I know it's hard on the kids. And, and I'm not just you know, I know the Hendrickson family in Indiana. We were fortunate enough to sell them a pair of steers last year that did really well. And they also won the pig show. And and I know that uh, Daniel and Talinda are going through some struggles Uh you know, all the rumor and in you window, this, you know, the bear got kicked out, the steer got kicked out, the steer was this, the bear was, you know, it's just like, does it ever end? And I said, well, no, not till you get beat the next time. And then, then they'll go to picking on somebody else. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Uh, it, it is tough. It is tough on the kids. And I never have understood that because you watch like the, the athletic programs, the, the star basketball player 
everybody in a community will rally around him and support him because him or her because they know they busted their ass. Yeah. But yet in the livestock show industry, those who have success did it illegally. Whether they cheated with their animal, they cheated with the judge, they you know, it, I've never understood that about showing livestock how you can't just look at somebody and say, "Man, they had a good animal. Maybe it wasn't my kind, but that was a good animal. I know that family busts her ass. It's okay." You know, and and maybe just maybe you got beat because somebody had one better. Yeah. <laughs> but but it, it, it uh. like more, that's not an issue. You know, there's always got to be a reason why people got beat. And, and that gets really, really old. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's an opinion based industry and that's what makes it more difficult. You know, in, in sports, there's a winner, there's a loser and it's on the scoreboard. Whereas, you know, there's so many different opinions in the livestock industry. However, that's part of why it's so much fun. Um, you know, there, it's not cut dry all the time, and it makes it intriguing and, and interesting every single show you go to. But, man, you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, if you accept the fact that you got beat by a good one, why can't we just say that? Oh, absolutely. But there's always got to be there's always got to be a reason, you know, and it's a bad reason that, that looks bad for the people that won. And it just like I said, that's the part of this industry. That that is really hard for me to swallow sometimes. And I think, you know, and, and I almost said this as a pet peeve. I think sometimes social media is a pet peeve of mine. Um, I think social media is awesome. I think it's important. I think it's an awesome way for all of us to market our livestock. But I also think there's some bad shit goes along with social media. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's kind of why we named it Social Smash. Smash. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um you know, so like I said, I, I guess I grew up, if I got a problem with you as an adult, I need to come and talk to you about it. I need to leave your kids out of it. You need to leave my kids out of it. Uh, I, I just can't believe that some adults think that the way that they handle things uh, by picking on mostly preteen or teenage kids is okay because it's not. Right. Right. Not well, and so, sometimes I, you know, you sit at a show and, Maybe you scratch your head and you're like, man, that doesn't look right. Or I, I just don't, you know, you question some things, but to, to air dirty laundry on social media or to send a letter out to a bunch of different people, like if you've got a problem with the way somebody's doing something, uh, maybe you should just go talk to them about it. Um, you know, no, and, Corey, and, I'd rather hide behind my computer <laughs> so I don't have to confront the person. It's a little exactly. easier. Than exactly. Yeah, and the thing about going back to that sheets deal, and this is the last I'm going to talk about, <laughs> we had to hire an attorney uh, to find out who it was. He sent it anonymously. Well, if you're that vested in what you're saying, why not sign your name to it? Uh-huh. <laughs> if you believe in what you're saying, you ought to be man enough to sign your name to it. Yeah. Huh. Totally agree. Interesting. Uh, but, but there again, you know, that's why I said pet peeve, adults hiding behind a computer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Trev, let's let's turn to a, a lighter subject. Uh, not that that's bad, because I think I think those are the things that maybe only the people that have success feel. 
and, and and maybe others don't look at it from that perspective. And and so I think it's important for, you know, to continue, you know, this industry's a positive one in every way that you look at it. But there's there's times and there's situations where things need to be talked about and brought to light. And luckily, we've kind of got the platform to do that on. Uh, so, you know, if you're out there listening and, and maybe you've had some problems and, and I'm not going to lie, I, I've, I've probably been guilty a time or two, maybe just send a text to a buddy or something like that, or Snapchat, like, man, that doesn't look right. Or, or, you know, what the hell did they do to do this and, and that, but, you know, if you just kind of, like Todd said, sit back and reflect a little bit and just think about what you're saying and, and the impact that you have on other people, uh, by doing that, you know, probably out of, just keep your mouth shut, go along with your business and try to try to beat them. If you, if you can't beat them, there's probably a reason. So, um, and bottom line is it's okay to not want to get beat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is okay. I mean, hell, I don't, we leave the house and I don't care what show we're going to, what species it is. We leave the house. We're going to try to win some. Right. Right. Yeah. And you know, I'm sure there are people say, well, you put too much emphasis on that. Blah, 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 blah. Well, when they bust their ass at it and they want to go do it, the you know, it, it is very kids have got so many other things in their lives that they could do that are a hell of a lot less work than this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it's hard enough to keep them invested when they're working on one that they, they've got a chance of winning something. Uh, you know, so it's just like I said, there's just enough other stuff for kids to do uh, that, that, you know, I, I think you've got to get them to win a little bit to keep their interest in. And it's no different in fishing. You put a kid out on a boat and he sits on a boat for three straight days and never catches one. He not want to go fishing anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly right. And for me, this is absolutely no different. And like I said, I'm sure there are people listening to this. Uh, that some buck puts too much emphasis on winning. It ain't always about winning. Well, you know, it, it is, but it isn't, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I, my theory on that is if you're not doing it to win, what are you doing it for? Exactly. I mean, it's, it's all the things that come along with winning. That's, that's the valuable part, right? I mean, learning how to work hard to achieve something. And that's what we tell, you know, everybody talks about that in this industry is how, you know, how, how great and positive it is and all these things that we do to teach kids to, to be responsible and to work hard and, and to make connections and people like that, that all leads up to winning. And if you're not gaming hard at everything, you're not going to win. So yeah, that's my theory on that. But anyways, (laughs) (laughs) all right, this one's going to be probably tough to answer. And maybe we'll let you do it for each kid so far. How about that? So what's your okay. favorite favorite piece of livestock you and your family has ever shown? Uh, that one's easy. Uh, really? The Kansas. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, Mario was his name. Uh, won seven jackpot shows and then uh, won Kansas City. That one. That one's one of those once in a lifetime deals. Um, I, I hope that either one of my kids or one of my grandkids gets to show one that good someday. But to be honest, I highly doubt it. (laughs) That's awesome. So what's the story behind that one? Where'd you get it from? He was raised uh, by the Vicklin family in Colorado. Um, He was just kind of a real skinny one. Um, He was a heat wave out of their Ollie donor that they had purchased from Tracy Gretzky. Um, just one of those that got better every day of his life. And, uh, I don't know. He was just one of those that, that he just, 
Uh, he, he just one of those that's hard hard to explain. And like I said, we've showed some other, you know, really, really nice stuff. I mean, Liv's Hamp Bear, the one last year. And we've hit the guilt thing really hard. And to be totally honest, I'm probably not good enough with a feed bucket to be competitive with a bear. I mean, them boys that feed those barrows are a different breed now. <laughs> yeah. They are badass individuals. Um, and I've tried. Um, you know, and I think us winning the bear show at Louisville was just proof that even a blind squirrel can find enough. <laughs> you know, that was, that, that one was pretty special. He really was. And what he did, he pretty well did on his own. Uh, he, he was a good animal and, uh, you know, lives silver steer that won the state fair, uh, was an awfully good calf. So like I said, we've had some neat ones now, as far as me helping other families, um, I mean, I've been dang fortunate. Uh, you know, I know the, the Vicklin family showed a heat wave years ago that come from Tim Holman, Minnesota. And I think he won, I think 15 or 16 jackpots wow, and then won, uh, then won the Colorado state fair. And he's one of those ones that I'll never forget. The first deer Wilcox won Kansas city with that was raised by, uh, Weisinger farms in Iowa. Uh, he was a pretty special one. Um, you know, and it's, you know, some of those ones you just, you just won't ever forget them. Uh, you know, and that'd be a few of the ones that I've been fortunate enough to, to be a part of, uh, um, over the years. We've won Louisville a couple of times with, with really nice calves. And, uh, so it's been, it's been a fun ride. Like I said, been, been around some really, really good livestock and some awesome people. Oh, that's, that's for sure. And like you said, you surround yourself with people that, uh, that know what they're doing. If you don't, they will. And that'll be, yeah, that'll be your, your success. So, uh, that's, that's awesome. And, and I think that before we got on, we judged that steer when we worked out there. Is that right? If, is that what we came I up with? So. If you said that would have been when Jared Boyer was still at Blackhawk. Yep. I'm pretty sure. Uh, and I don't think we had a class. I think maybe you guys come and judge a yeah. set of pigs or something. Yeah, right. That we had, and we just, he's the only one we had around in the cooler or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's one of those deals. I was pretty proud of my family because I basically, I live in a car uh, from the end of August to about the 15th of October uh, buying these cattle. And, you know, uh, him and the kid pretty well took care of Mario by themselves. So that was, that was a neat deal as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, for him to be able to do that. And like I said, he just one of those, his attitude was absolutely awesome his whole life. And he was one of those, he wasn't just good, but he was, he was one of the, one of those fun ones to work on and had his own personality. Right. Oh, for sure. So those good ones uh, do. <laughs> why, why Mario? You know, I'd have to ask Liv. I really don't know. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe, we'll, <laughs> maybe we'll pull her yeah, aside uh, at World Pork Expo or the exposition this year and ask her the story. Yeah, yeah, ask her that because I really don't know how she come up with that day. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I, I really don't know. Yeah, we'll have to do that for sure. All right. Well, it's my turn for Proverbs. All right, it is my turn for the power washing proverb this week. I got to thinking, uh, actually, I think I saw this on Facebook, but then I got to thinking even harder. And one of my greatest mentors told me when I started uh, having sows myself. So here's my proverb. It costs the same amount 
to feed bad livestock as it does to feed a great one. No need to keep the bad ones around and hopes that it gets better. Instead, ship the bottom in and focus on quality over quantity. And like I said, that wise man once told me, I quote, it doesn't matter if you have 200 or two, one of them needs to go. So there you have it. Bad ones cost money, but might as well spend them on great ones. I like it. I do too. Save you on some cash. Who was who was that wise man? I'm sure we probably all know it. None other than Jim McCoy. I figured had to be. <laughs> of course. Uh yeah. Speaking of Jim McCoy, man, his uh his submission for the winner of the uh the t shirt contest was pretty impressive. I didn't know he was such an artist. Yeah. Oh my. I mean, I kinda wanna get a uh just a print of his drawing itself. It's pretty pretty badass itself. So now now here's a question. Did he draw out the McCoy logo? Yes, he did. I uh, figured. That is yeah. an original. But yeah, he's quite the artist. I mean, it's pretty amazing, really. So Yeah. So Todd is a guy that's fed a lot of them. You you probably live and live and die by that, you know. Hey, these these things they're saying gonna work. Let's not waste the money on them. I'm probably more like that on the cattle than the pigs. Um I I stay pretty hooked on the pigs simply because I've seen some of those change. True. It seems like every year we'll get our set of pigs from Platt, um, and uh, you kind of have your favorites. But very seldom are the best ones at the World Pork Expo time the same ones that were your favorites when they come off the trailer in February or March. I can see that for Uh, sure. Yeah, the pig deal is a little different. Yes, I think it now the cattle deal absolutely. I agree with that a hundred percent. The pig deal, um it's it's a little more give and take, I think. And there's probably some of those I've I've spent too much time trying and uh, spent way more money on expensive feeds and show feed supplements than I needed <laughs> yeah. to to realize that I was wasting my time. But at least I can say I give it a valid effort. Right. Yeah. Same could be said for sheep and goats. I think if if you got a bad one to start, or you know, just an average one to start, making them making them quality enough, probably just ain't going to happen. Yeah, exactly. I mean, at one point, you just got to be like, "All right, I've bought about sixty five different supplements. This thing just sucks." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it takes that sometimes. So, all right, Todd. Last question for you, uh, and. And this is one that I know Trevor and I and other people that we've talked to, um, you know, that we kind of told that we were going to be having you on the show and everything. Uh, they want to know, too. But we asked this to everybody uh, to end the show. And and we want to know um, where you see this deal going, the, the show stock industry, uh, kind of in the next five years. You know, each and every year, and I probably get a little bit worried or a little bit negative because I uh, got it, it costs a lot of money to do this. Um, not just the price of the livestock, it's all the others, uh, you know, the running a cooler for a steer, um, the feed and feed additives for the pig and the goats and the sheep. And, uh, you know, the, there just comes a point, and I know it's like with us, we want to do this, we want to be competitive, but there just comes a point where you just got to look at it and say, well, when do we stop the bleeding? Um, and I know that's not a very good sales pitch from a steer jock, but I'm just being brutally honest with you and telling you that, uh, you know, I, 
every year I keep thinking it's going to slack off, slack off, slack off. And it really has. And I think it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, I do believe that the average livestock that, that maybe a lot of the county fair people were buying for county fairs five, six, seven years ago, people have kind of quit doing that. Um, I think instead of buying uh, three steers at a $3,000 average, I think they're going and buying a, a real good $7,500 one and then maybe a $1,500 feeding buddy. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think they're they're starting off with a better calf to begin with. Uh, they're cutting some of their feed bill down, their time, their labor. Um, you know, so I think that's happening uh, in, in the cattle deal, especially. And I think the cattle deal is, as you can, you know, if you watch these jackpot shows, the heifer shows just keep getting bigger and bigger and the steer shows probably keep dwindling. Um, you know, but, but that makes sense. Uh, you know, if you're going to spend that much money, at least with a heifer, uh, you know, you've got something, you know, hopefully to make some of that money back in time. It doesn't always work that way, but at least when you're spending that money, it makes it, uh, easier to write that check. And there again, uh, not very, not very sound advice coming from a man that, that, that mostly makes a living by selling steer. <laughs> realize i mean it, it it's an expensive hobby oh yeah there's no doubt uh, you know, but one thing i will tell you um and i was told uh, a long time ago that you the money that we're spending on 4-h and ffa animals is still money better spent than drug rehab unwanted <laughs> presence yep Yes. I think we're all doing this. Yes, we're all competitive. We all want to win. But I think at the end of the day, we're doing this to, one, keep our kids out of trouble, and, two, make them better adults. Right. And, and I think that that's what this thing, this industry does. Yes, as we've talked, there's some negative bullshit we got to put up with. But But you would have to talk long and hard to me to ever convince me that there's a better way to raise our children than, than, than in the livestock show industry. Mm-hmm. And I do, and I do believe. Yeah, bingo. Oh, well, Corb, Corb said the same thing about, you know, people buying, uh, people buying maybe less, but spending more money, you know, or the same amount of money on a, on a better one. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I could kind of see it going that way too. And, and, and it's probably going to need to happen that way with everybody's, you know, kind of excitement and looking forward to, you know, just the growth that it's happened too. as many, you know, new people coming in and, and stuff too. I mean, there's only so many animals we can produce. So, uh, and so many, yeah, so many open space at a, at a show somewhere, you know, so. When there's times where, uh, you know, we're supposed to be making, these animals better uh, with all the extras that we do, you know, the, the embryo transfer, the in vitro, the, the semen, the, you know, and, and there's times when I get to running around in the fall and, and speaking more for the cattle than the pigs and the sheep, uh, because that's what I do for a living. But it just seems like those really elite ones that everybody wants are fewer and fewer in between. And I think that's mm-hmm. made those elite ones, to be totally honest, too damn high. Yeah. I mean, I'll be the first to tell you, these show steers are too high. I mean, they are. 
Um, but, but, you know, you get into my position, that's, I've told that to people before. Well, why the hell you go buy a man? Well, because I got people that want them and they want to win and they got the money to do it. But that doesn't change the fact that they are too damn high. Yeah. Good for the seller, but they are, uh, I mean, that's in all species, elite livestock are expensive. And, you know, but like you mentioned before, uh, in, you know, our discussion this time is you, you can feed a, you know, a eight, eight out of 10 to make it a 10 out of 10, you know, or, you know, you can't fix a bad built one, but you can sure try to feed it into something that maybe you thought you could afford before. So, uh, you know, there's two sides of that coin, I guess. Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, not to brag on like, let's say the Wilcox family again, but, you know, when, when John was hitting it hard and they were winning that state fair, he never got in a hurry and he would always come and they would buy a damn good one, but he didn't have to go buy the one that you walk out there and think, Oh my God, that's, that's, that's the one that's going to win the jackpot show because John was smart enough to know that he just, you know, he knew what he could and right. couldn't feed and make work. And, you know, I, I would always get that call from Indiana. Well, has Wilcox bought their calf yet? <laughs> you know, and I want to say, well, honestly, if you were to come and, and the same day John Wilcox does, you probably wouldn't pick the same calf that he does. Yeah. And I think there's so many talented families right now that are the same way. They don't have to have the one that's going to go in the Hoosier Beef Congress or in the Badger Kickoff or Lima. You know, the, they're, they want to be successful there, but they're going to buy one that they think they can make successful in August or yes. you know, Kansas City. And I think people lose track of that as well. I, I love the Hoosier Beef Congress. Um, you know, I showed there the very first year they had it when I was a kid. But I think that that show and a lot of these jackpot shows, they wreck good cattle because people go, they don't win, and they immediately think their cattle aren't good enough. Yeah. Well, you know, just because they weren't ready to win today doesn't mean your stuff's not good enough. Oh, and, for sure. And I have trouble getting that beat into people's head. You know, yeah, I wanted you to win too. Yeah, you wanted to win, but yet, you know, it, it, it's okay. You know, as yeah. long as you're still happy with your calf and you think you can make that calf successful in August, that's all that matters. Yeah, the good cattle don't win early, and the cattle that do win early, you probably don't see them in August. Not very often. I mean, yeah, there's good ones, but those are the elite ones that we talked about. But well, and if it's your goal to go out and win every jackpot, I mean, you could you could put six, seven, eight different judges uh, at the same jackpot show and get a completely different result. And you know, I think people got to keep that in check too. Is you're not always. Gonna, I mean, if you got a now, if you got a dang good one, you got a dang good one, no matter who's judging. But you know, a lot of times you see that and. You know, people get disappointed or, or thrown out of whack because they didn't win one weekend and three weekends later they turn around and win a show. So Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So Well, Todd, I appreciate you uh jumping on here. It's been uh an, a very interesting uh conversations with you and uh, I appreciate you for uh taking the time out of your day and, and secondly for, for voicing your opinion. I know a lot of people uh have the same and are wanting to hear it. So thanks so much for uh jumping on with us. Hey, thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. Uh, so Stock Talk Nation, just want to uh, reach out to you guys again. We love you listening. Thanks for uh, joining us in, in every episode. You know, we, we're open to ideas, things that you guys want us to discuss on here. Uh, continue to follow along on social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat. Uh, send us your ideas. And, uh, 
you know, big things coming down the pipe for us. And we're super excited uh, for the exposition in Des Moines and, and some other things that we've got working with a few of our, our sponsors. So uh, again, if you like what you've heard, keep sharing, liking, commenting, tell your family and friends, have it blaring in your show barns. Uh, Cause without you guys, this thing doesn't probably exist. So thanks again. You bet you guys. Hey, we appreciate every single one of you. And again, this has been another edition of stock talk. I gotta go